0: kyer saam met my om 10 10 op die brandpunt met my, vlam. Ukupakama rise up ja, you is op die brandpunt, met my vlam. 10, 10. En is met, uh, pastor René Moses en, uh, dan is children's pastor at people's church in Woodstock. He's also the founding member of Let My Girls Grow, and the director on an NPC, Hope Good morning, Pastor Renee, and welcome.
1: Good morning, good morning. Um, Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you this morning.
0: Oh, that's great. We are pleased to have you here. Thank you. Pastor, you have a testimony that speaks of your own challenges in dealing with addiction, or more accurately, Dealing with the addict. Tell us your
1: story. Thank you. Yes. um, Well, my story um, goes back a long time ago. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I grew up in a a pretty normal family or what we think is a normal family. Um, We don't know that poverty is not normal. Um, I grew up in Mitchell's Plain in the Western Cape. And I had seven siblings. So we were quite a big family. Five boys and two girls. And... um, when I yeah, I think at the age of about twenty, my younger brother, who was at that time he would have been about um, eighteen years old, and I then had a brother who was sixteen. So my sixteen, my eighteen-year-old brother, his name is Hayden, and um, he started. Um, we we um, you know we became aware that he was experimenting with drugs, um, substance abuse. And, you know, with substance abuse, it affects the entire um, harmony of the family. The family, suddenly, there's a lot of stress. Um, there's a lot of financial, obviously, um, things that happen in the home, you know, where things disappear, your things disappear. Um, your mother doesn't know how to handle it because it's the first time. Um, we we I came from a family where there was absolutely no substance abuse. You know, my dad didn't even drink a beer. Um, my mom smoked a cigarette, and that was all we knew about substance, you know. And um, so my brother Hayden um, got involved with with, um, substance abuse, caused a lot of conflict in the family, you know, but we didn't understand the conflict. We just thought it was normal, you know, brothers and sisters fighting, but the fights was always caused by my one brother because it affects your moods, obviously. And when you don't have the 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 finances to buy the substance, obviously you take our things or steal, you know, your mom's things, and you know more fights would break out over that. But this particular Sunday um, afternoon, I was um, I was really I was born again. I had given my life to Christ at a young age, and I was at church, and my sixteen year old brother Wesley. Um, My dad had a car, you know, one of those little um, small Fiat's, you know, that they had built up and Wesley was able to drive this car just around, you know, in the area and um, he wanted to go and visit a friend of his around the corner, a girl. And Hayden um, came home, but Hayden was, Hayden obviously needed um, money to buy, you know, his drugs and he didn't have the money, so a fight broke out um, in in the home. And um, Wesley, he smacked Wesley, you know, um, and my mom was there. And and just the effect that this had on my mom, because, you know, the stress that she had to go through, she she um, she and my father didn't know how to handle because nobody, you know, we weren't used to drugs. We didn't know what it was causing in the home, you know, and, and the high tension and, you know, and he smacked my brother Wesley. And Wesley went to the bathroom. He took his school tie. He attended Cedar High in Mitchell's plan. He was in, I think those years we called it grade, standard eights, I think. And um he took his school tie and he hung himself. Um obviously um we didn't know that he hung himself. My mother was in the lounge, Hayden had left. And it was about an hour later, um, obviously my mother started to worry because Wesley didn't come out of the bathroom and they knocked, and you know, the door didn't open. And eventually, she called my older brother to break the door down. They broke the door down, and there was my sixteen-year-old brother hanging from his school tie. And but what what in hindsight now, years later, when we got to talk about the story, my younger brother Marvin, who was then about eleven years old, um, was standing at the bathroom door and saw, you know, everything that happened. And um, Hayden had a little daughter who was three years old. So obviously, I mean, it was, you know, you can imagine the trauma, Um, they cut Wesley down and um, rushed him to Mitchell's plan hospital and they couldn't resuscitate him. They basically declared him dead. They took him to the clinic in Mitchell's plan, they declared him dead. And Hayden, just the impact on Hayden's life was obviously now devastating, you know. Um, and But Hayden wouldn't give up. Hayden carried Marvin and found someone to rush him to Grootskier. When they got to Grootskier, Grootskier managed to resuscitate him. So we're talking uh, an hour and a half, two hours must have gone by already. They resuscitated him. He lived for eight hours. But that was the same night that um, Rashad Stachy was murdered. I don't know if you remember the Stachi story. That was in 1996, I think
0: yes yes you it? yes I can remember
1: that story yeah so it was the same hospital rashad stahi was rushed in and wesley was um, in the same hospital and um they resuscitated wesley and which was a miracle really god's grace um and in that time wesley um actually gave his life to christ it, within eight hours you know my granny wasn't a, a, a real prayer warrior she really prayed for her grandchildren and um, Wesley gave his life to Christ and um, the police, um, obviously, because of the gangs coming into Hritska Hospital at that stage, um, because of Rashid's, Rashad Stahi, we had to exit the hospital. And when we left about a couple of hours later, we got the call to say Wesley died. But the impact of that whole that whole thing came out of um, drug abuse, that whole all of that trauma came into my home, into my family. It brought division, it brought death, it brought and so many other traumas that happened after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did these experiences shape you on your ministry focus in any way?
1: Sorry, did it?
0: Did these experiences shape you or your ministry focus in any way? <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think it gave me um, a real heart for families um, um, that struggle um, with members of the family who are on on substance abuse, but also a heart for those who are on substance abuse because they too um, experience, you know, there's something in their lives that got um, misshaped at at a tender age, at a young age. And I mean, you know, Different. There's different reasons why. If I look at Hayden years later, when I spoke to Hayden about it, Hayden's story actually started when he was at primary school. Why he entered drugs, um, he had um, a problem with spelling. He couldn't spell correctly, and it affected his self-esteem and his self-confidence. And they used to make fun of him in class. And he started to be afraid to go to school, and so he would bunk. You know, and obviously from okay. bunking, he met other kids that were bunking. And he couldn't get his self confidence back, and that's where he found his confidence in, you know, and his family on the street, basically.
0: Yes. Uh, tell us about the work you do. What let my girls grow as well as hope ignite?
1: There's a lot of a lot of these um, obviously shaped me. Like the question you asked me, you know, did my um, did these effects shape me? It definitely shaped me, and obviously, um, um, God uses these things in our life to give us compassion. Um, for those who are hurting. So Let My Girls Grow is aimed at um, equipping and um, developing um, girls. And a lot of girls obviously suffer the impact of um, gender-based violence, you know, in our communities and in our families. And a lot of this actually even comes out of, you know, drug abuse as well. And so Let My Girls Grow um, was, was birthed out of this desire to see girls equipped and understanding who they are and the identity and the ability to be empowered and to say no to abuse. And then Hope Ignites is also um, an NPC that um, I'm a, a director on with two other directors. And our hearts is to get into um, communities, to get into youth before, you know, before youth find the need to ex- um, experiment with um, with drugs or any kind of substance abuse—it's to restore hope that they can live their dreams, you know. And and a lot of the issues actually center around emotional and mental health. So mental health is a big thing for us. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I see you are an, <laughs> you are appointed as children's pastor. Was children's ministry ever in your planning?
1: You know, it wasn't actually, but I see how, like, and then I think it just goes back to, and I think that's such an important question that you said earlier, you gave, was did it shape me in any way? I think because I was the eldest girl of of, of um, six brothers, I think um, you you obviously take care of your siblings, you know, so you have a mother's heart because your mother couldn't do everything. And I think from from that time, the Lord was already shaping me without me knowing that children's ministry would be um, the call on my life. Um, we're, I'm a children's pastor at People's Church in Woodstock, Cape Town, and we're in a community. You know where you know this is a community where I'm not even, you're aware, but a lot of lot of gangsterism, a lot of a um, lot of drug abuse, lots of substance abuse, and so God would use my childhood to shape me. Um, And years later, I would become a children's pastor. And, you know, I'm quite involved with youth development as well in different communities. Yeah, what a phenomenal story. Describe the importance of your role as children's pastor. Sorry?
0: Could you describe the importance of your role as children's pastor?
1: Actually, hey man, we all... Our childhood years is the most important years. You know, from the ages of one to seven, that's when our identity is shaped. Our, You know, who we are, who we are going to be, what we believe about the world around us, how we see the world. So those years are the most crucial years. It's, It's actually the most, most crucial years. And a lot more needs to be spent on children. Um, you know, developing children and getting the children to see the world through different eyes because um, this is where their worldview is shaped and what the world, how they see the world. So if a child grows up seeing abuse in the home or substance abuse in the home, um, chances are, I think according to studies, 20% of the research shows that the child would then pursue substance abuse and um, follow that um, road, you know, that will become that child's journey journey. Um, so definitely um, the, the childhood years are the fundamental years.
0: Yeah, and, uh, thank you very much, Pastor Renee, for taking your time off to talk to us, talk to our listeners and
1: tell your story. Yeah, thank you. And just thank you so much for the work that you are doing and, and how you reaching out, you know, you, 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 you're reaching out um, into communities and into yes. lives and giving people hope um really appreciate what you're doing and yeah god bless your ministry and may you just yeah yeah may you just be god may, may god just open doors for you